Hey, everybody, welcome back to Blister Cinematic on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Well, so far on Blister Cinematic, we've discussed two classic films with some serious comedic chops. That, of course, is the movie Gnar and the amazing Apocalypse Snow. And today, we're going to fast forward to, well, now, and talk with Elise Saugstad, who is one of the stars of the brand new comedy, Here, Hold My Kid. You can watch the movie for free over on Red Bull TV, and we'll include a link to the film in the show notes of this episode. But even if you haven't watched it yet, you can still go ahead and listen to this conversation because Elise and I tiptoed around a few of the big surprises in the film, so consider this a pretty spoiler-free zone. This episode is presented by our Blister Plus membership, where among many benefits like getting access to all Blister content, uh, exclusive gear discounts, getting our personalized gear recommendations, our winter buyer's guide, and more, you also get 12 months of our Blister Plus injury insurance, which covers your medical expenses up to $25,000 per incident, and that's with a $0 deductible, and it works everywhere in the world. No exceptions. Furthermore, Blister Plus also covers backcountry evacuations, ambulance rides, and doctor-prescribed physical therapy, with no in-network or out-of-network BS to worry about. So whether you have insurance but have a high deductible, or whether you have no insurance at all, check out Blister Plus ASAP, and then just do the math, and then see if it makes sense for you, as it did for Elise Sogstad herself and her husband, Cody. They both purchased Blister Plus because it was a no-brainer for them, and we know that for probably 99% of the people listening to this, it's actually a no-brainer for you, too. So, check it out, do the math, sign up if it makes sense. And now, let's go ahead and talk about skiing and comedy and diapers with Elise Saugstad. Here we go. Well, this is a really, really nice change-up for me. Uh, normally, when I'm speaking to someone from the Saugstad Townsend household, you know, it's Cody. And so, thank God, that guy is out of the country. And today, I get to talk to Elise. So, Elise, hi. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. I'm actually um, occupying Cody's desk. At the moment, it's a really good spot to do the podcast. He's got everything set up here for me, so pretty easy to step in, step in his place. I know it's a very, very familiar-looking backdrop. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, but um, but you know, happy to for once, you know, get him out of the way onto other things, and uh, you know, you and I get to talk about this new film of yours. And and actually, let's be let's keep it honest here. We did just talk about the NFL for. I don't know, 20 minutes or something, but we're going to be nice to our ski-loving, non-NFL-loving folks out there. We're not going to do the NFL thing. We did that off-air, but you are wearing your 49ers hat, as everybody can see. So, Yes. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that's the team of choice. I'm <laughs> uh, pretty excited about my Niners. And, um, you know, it's funny, I think, in, in the movie, too, because we did a comedy and, and there were so many layers that we were doing in this movie that I was thinking, how can we work in poking fun at the fact that we are such big Niners fans and we didn't get to it. But rest assured, I think that there probably will be a Here Hold My Kid 2 in the works and ah. uh, maybe we'll get it in then. And by then, hopefully we'll have a Super Bowl championship so then we can really get ridiculous. Wow, I like this. I'm already thinking about how to like weasel my way into the sequel. Maybe there will be a 49ers Bears game on tap. Anyway, I you you got the wheels turning. If that happened this year, no one would want to watch that game. No. I'm really sorry. Thanks. Thanks, Elise. <laughs> It'd be a total that. blowout. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, let's talk all things skiing. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Tell us a little bit about this film. I always, I always find it interesting when someone, you know, goes through all of the blood, sweat, and tears of putting a project together, and then you have to start, you know, you you do it time and time again, right? Oh, what's the film? What's the film about? So here it is on Friday, December eighth. How are you describing the film here? Hold my kids these days. It's a comedy. Uh, the plot line is is pretty basic in the sense that there's two women, Jackie and I. There's uh, we've we're new mothers, and we are competing for one sponsorship, and that is what drives the movie. Um, the idea was based on it. It's a it's simply a mockumentary. Um, we. We're using ourselves as the real characters um, and because we are both new moms and we are trying to continue our careers and we we want to we that whole we, we're picking right up where we left off. You know, we're no reason we can't do this just like dads can do it, too. So um, but then this whole fake sponsorship comes in for a parent edition energy drink. And we end up becoming competitive with one another over it because we're pitted against each other, um, even though we are friends. And we tried to also pull in that whole realm of uh, mothers getting really competitive with one another um, and kind of the social standards that are put on mothers um, and in society these days and, and all that goes into it. So there's lots of those things put into the movie um but in it's definitely it's done in a interview style fashion with confessionals throughout the movie and just very like office um and and just just having fun with it though i mean wait you know it's serious characters but it's totally over the top that's very true when did you first start thinking about this project the project came to me. Um, I was having a conversation with the sponsor. It was probably around uh, January-ish, December, January, right around this time of year when, when an athlete usually talks to all your sponsors. You're like, okay, what are you doing this winter? Yada, yada. Um, at that point, this was two winters ago. I just, I, Indy was a newborn. Um, and I'm talking to Scott, trying to, that was the sponsor. Um, think about that winter but then as we were discussing things i just remember something came out that so jackie peso is also a scott athlete and we'd worked together in the past not we've worked together for a very long time doing the avalanche clinics uh safe as but we had been able to do a little bit of filming together at one point when we were both blizzard athletes she switched to scott um and i loved working with her and she was pregnant and she was only she was probably about eight months at that point and it dawned on me oh my god i want to do a project with her but as moms and originally the working title that came out of this idea was super moms um with the idea that like we were going to take on the world but we were just going to become super competitive with one another like we can on the hill and off the hill and just have a really good time with it. So after I got off that call with Scott and I didn't really even talk to him about it. This was just something that was like, oh, I've got this great idea for down the road for <clears> next year. Um, and I, I called because it takes a long process to get movies going. It doesn't just happen at the, you know, the flip of a hat, flip of a coin. Goodness. I, it's funny how <laughs> I get of a hat. those I things like that, all wrong. Flip I'm going to start using that. Yeah, at the oh flip God. of the hat. I can say some of the most ridiculous things sometimes. Oh, <laughs> it, it, I, it comes out of my mouth, and I'm like, Elise, what did you just say? <laughs> it's like, like I'm coming up with my own um, trailer park boys analogies. Adages, very yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah adages. So, anyways, um, I called up Jackie, and I was like, I've got this movie idea for us for next year, and she loved it. And so that summer. We had to start, um, we had to come up with a pitch deck. We had to contact someone that we thought would um, be at the 
helm of this movie of, of a director and a writer. Um, you know, you can't just go into a movie like this thinking like, well, we'll film scheme and then we'll just try to be funny and funny stuff will come out and then we'll just have a movie. Like yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to have a legitimate storyboard script, um, all kinds of things going on to pull a movie off like this. So uh, with that in mind, we um, contacted, we ended up settling on and contacting two guys that um two brits that made this movie a super super funny ski movie that is called ski good money will come i don't know if you've ever seen this movie it's kind of an underground movie because it's so it's because it's a it's a european based movie mm -hmm. um so if you're familiar with Legs of Still, they're a big ski movie production company over in Europe. Yeah. Um, and I believe they were, what the story was back then was they were doing a two-year project. And so that first year, they wanted to still come out with some content. And they brought in John O'Verdy and Adam Gindel. And they made this spoofy, mockumentary-style um, ski, short ski movie called Ski Good Money Will Come. It is so effing hilarious. Huh. Um, so, so when Jackie and I were brainstorming, I said to her, I was like, have you ever seen Ski Good Money Will Come? And she hadn't. I was like, okay, watch this. And then let's, let's just, you know, the guys that did this, because then she said, okay, well, I know Jono, um, cause Jono had worked on the Fred World Tour. So we can reach out to him. And, um, that's how the conversation got started. Um, huh. and those guys are just, yeah, I, we couldn't have done it without them. I mean, they are, it, this movie really is, is on their backs, you know, like, um, they're just so effing hilarious. So, yeah. And I thanks, think, guys. <laughs> I think to your point about there is a version and I bet some people who haven't seen the film might be wondering, like it, sort of the, I wonder if this is just, yeah, we've got two great skiers, Elise and Jackie, and are they just kind of filming some really good skiing and then trying to like crack some jokes along the way. And I do think the, the writing of this film really stands out. It's really well done. And it isn't just like we skill, we skied and filmed some sick lines and then just kind of sprinkled some jokes in around there. That's, that's not what this is. No. Um, and thank you for the nice comment. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's really like skiing is the vehicle of the movie. That's like we can call it a ski movie and there is enough skiing in it that it is a ski movie. Yeah. But if someone that's not into skiing at all, I think that they would thoroughly enjoy this movie um, and and then also be excited about the skiing because I think the kind of skiing that we're doing, it's not in a way where it's coming off as like, um, oh my God, we are the raddest, sickest skiers ever. Check out how cool we are, you know. Um, uh, you know, not not to say that there isn't a place and a time for that, because I have I spent most of my career focused on being that kind of athlete and producing that kind of segment. But we wanted this movie to be an entertaining movie all around. And um, so yeah, it's it's way more than just a ski movie. There's actually a really fun plot line and it really has watching premieres, all the premieres that I've been a part of. I mean, people are laughing from beginning to end of the movie. So um, I'm really excited about that. It's really fun to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should, I do want to say this in case people aren't aware, a definite laugh out loud moment in the film for me uh, and as you said, it's kind of shot in this documentary style. And we hear the narrator saying, um, Jackie and Elise were joined by their husbands. They are also professional skiers. But Jackie and Elise have informed us that that doesn't matter because this film is not about them. <laughs> I, I, yeah. love, I love that so much. Uh, but, that's a good moment. But that's I, a good moment. I, I guess if, you know, for the maybe, I don't know, what is it? Maybe four, four Cody fanboys out there. Who are like, I'm not sure I want to watch this film about moms and skiing. It's like Cody's in the film for those four people. So they can go watch for that reason yeah. and then get sucked into this whole fun universe you guys created. But I, I very much laughed out loud totally. at that totally. at that line. <laughs> yeah. I had an epiphany recently. Um, and it, it stemming from this sort of 
thought process that because women are the ones, the the star characters, that it just as if it automatically makes it a chick flick. Yeah. And that's not the case. No. You know, I had um, a gentleman reach out to me who we had um, a premiere in Bozeman for the Bomb Snow um, magazine release party. Uh-huh. And which was a really fun event. And this guy texted me afterwards or not texted. He, he didn't have my phone number. He, he wrote to me, he DM'd me and said like, oh my goodness, you know, I was running late for the movies. And uh, let me give a little more context to this. MSP was also showing their movie and the Here Hold My Kid movie was first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so anyways, he says, you know, I was running late and I thought, oh, whatever, I'll just skip the chick flick movie. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I made it there in time. I'm so so glad I did. That movie was phenomenal. My you know, favorite movie of the skier kind of thing. And so I wrote him back being like, well, well, thank you. Thanks for the, you know, the, um, the props. And I was like, but goodness, I didn't think we really marketed this movie as a chick flick. And yeah, he said, no, no, sorry. I don't think you really did. It's just, you know, the, the implicit bias that, that I have. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's kind of, and it's not just for skiing. I think this is kind of something in our society where if women are the star characters that we just automatically write it off, that this movie is for women and it must only be for them and the jokes are for them. And I think some of the best, some of the, some great comedies out there too, speaking of comedies are led by women. Hmm. Um, and it, and it applies to everyone. So yeah. Yeah. I think along those lines, one of the brilliant things about the film is just how many of today's kind of topics and challenges and things we're all doing our best to navigate, whatever gender you are, right? This, it hits so many different chords along these lines, right? And so to single out Mm -hmm. one, simply the use of social media, right? And the... Mm -hmm. How much we're trying to portray this phenomenal life we're living versus how much we're trying to, you know, show the nitty gritty and the real stuff and the low moments. And everybody, everybody, whether you're a middle school kid to whether you're a, you know, full grown adult, everybody is trying to sort out this weird world we live in. And I think that um, you all address that and pick it up in some different very funny ways but that stuff actually it is stuff that we are all dealing with and that kind of happens moment after moment after moment yeah i think instagram especially i'm not on tiktok so you know it's the same thing as instagram and i guess facebook's the same it's all social media that yeah. that people really try to portray a lot of ways this this glossy side of their lives and, and a lot of times and um especially when I mean, that that's my job, you know, is to like make myself and skiing and what I do so inspirational. But the problem is that inspiration borders on being to me, just giving people the ultimate FOMO and which is not a good feeling to have. I really I I really struggle with that um, because. I don't like it. You know, I don't like when I see other people's like I get caught up in that, too. When I when I'm looking at Instagram and I'm seeing what people are doing and what trips they're on. And oh, man, that's so that's so great. And and really, like, it's only people put it out there in such a way that they want it to try and be portrayed. It's not necessarily the truth. Right. So I really enjoyed having this inserted in our movie where we're really kind of showing that other side to the negative side, but positive, whatever, making fun of it. Um, Also kind of where the serious moments are in our movie Mm -hmm. actually have to do with it too, at least with my particular character kind of had this moment. And, and then even at the end of it, we tried to make fun and light of it all, but, but like, it's, it's just kind of one of those subjects that it's, I'm glad that we got to touch on, but yeah, I, I feel mixed about social media, so that's, I think, I think that's, we like, all do. Answer. I think we all do, or or should. If somebody's out there who's like, yeah. I'm 100 percent in, it's like, um. Well, I I find it interesting people that so it's like I have to do it for my job, but I find there's some people out there that put you can tell because I know how much work it takes mm-hmm. to put imagery 
and video out that is high enough quality that looks really good mm -hmm. and, and what it takes to think about it, to process it, then to produce it. And there's people out there that are doing this and they don't have to do it for work. And I'm like, why are you wasting all this time? <laughs> like, man, it is exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, it was fun to do, but, but also like one of the things too. So when my character in the movie, when I'm having to shoot all these social media clips to show that I was, um, you know, really going after it and engaging with the audience. So I was being that person in real life to get this cl these clips for the movie. Oh, and I'd be in these places where I'm just pulling out my camera and doing the whole thing, yeah. you know, like maybe not to the to the degree of. Um, oh, God, what's the Instagram account that's so funny, that's so over the top of. Um, like Instagram in the wild, that sort of thing, uh -huh. right? Where they're like, maybe it's not to that degree, wild. but influencers, thank you. Gosh, thank yeah. you. Influencers in the wild. And I felt that way, even though I'm not doing something scantily clad or just that horrible, but because it's like, I, as if I had no awareness that I'm in a place where there's tons of people around me and I'm just pulling out my camera and talking to it and talking about how glamorous my life is, yeah. you know, like that's so ridiculous. So I actually had to do that while we were in Switzerland. And it was a funny thing to do because I was, I was just kind of, I really leaned into it and, and kind of got a kick out of it. But, oh my God, I can't believe people do that in real life. Hmm. <laughs> yeah hey i want to ask you just kind of about movies in general some of your taste in movies and um and and mm -hmm. comedies in general too um so that's maybe my first question do you the, i mean honestly the movie is f so funny that watching it and never having had this conversation with you before i was like no, I, I actually suspect Elise is very, very into comedies. And is that true in your you know, own life? I was thinking about, you know, if you and Cody are trying to settle on something to watch on a given Friday night, what, are, what kind of category or genre of movie are you typically going for? Mm -hmm. I'm like um, spy, thriller, adventure. That's my go-to. Um, really good dramas. That's that's what I gravitate towards. Like James Bond is my most favorite series ever, and I own every single James Bond movie, and I could watch them over and over again. That being said, I think this this movie is more born out of the idea of seeing what is sort of lacking in ski movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that there hasn't been comedy in ski yeah. movies, and it's not that there's people that try to bring that but in general people are pretty serious mm -hmm. and and it's funny because i think in some ways too what i um in my skiing i think the way my career arc has gone and the way i've kind of had to maneuver myself in the ski world to try and make my place and make my mark and get what i've tried to do um it has been more of a serious approach so mm -hmm. doing a comedy like this is a bit different for someone that's followed my career than it is for for cody cody has been known to step up to the plate and kind of play that slapstick role yeah. in in matchstick movies and whatever else i mean granted i did do um my very first segment with matchstick was cody and i trying to be this ridiculous couple um and a little over the top but i don't think people necessarily may i don't know how much that came off you know um that that was a little us being a little more than what we we normally are um so i i think that's more like i but i do enjoy a great comedy you know laughter is the thing that makes us feel better when we're sick yeah you know like it makes us um in the world when when you think about all the the horrible things going on um the one thing that can help move through it and and kind of give us a sigh of relief sometimes is comedy so um and and then in the skiing too like yeah it can be very serious what we're doing what we're what we can do be very risky um you know i'm very familiar with with very intense consequences fatal consequences um and hence why sometimes too though it's a good reminder that the average person goes skiing to escape 
everything in life that's yeah. so serious and just go and have a good time, yeah. connect with nature, create some relief. Yeah. And um, I, I liked the idea of doing a project at this point in my career where let's just have fun. Yeah. Let's make fun of ourselves, yeah. you know, not things to take, make things too serious. And, um, and, and I know I'm really going on about this, but one more layer to that, you know, right now in the last few years, there's been a lot more inclusivity into the world of our sport and in general and society mm -hmm. of um, the color of your skin, your gender, your non-gender, all those things. And, um, but a lot of it can be quite serious and quite sticky. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, and, and Jackie's on the same page as me as this, like sometimes a way to help create space for yourself is by coming at it and not with such a serious tone, yeah. but doing it in a way that is approachable, like, oh, we're just having fun with this and, and just kind of, you know, act like we belong and, and not like always just kind of hammered over the head with the, with the subject matter being so serious. I mean, it's a serious thing, but it doesn't always have to be. And people can really be open their eyes and think about things differently when you come at it with a comedic approach. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you this before we move on. So tangent, who is your favorite James Bond? Oh gosh. Um, there's only you know, one, there's only the one years, right answer. There's only one right answer to this in my opinion. Well, no, it is. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I know Sean Connery is like the ultimate, but the thing is, is that he, that whole genre, you know, is so misogynistic and he really imbued misogyny to the nth degree for James Bond movies that I kind of have to take that a little bit into consideration. And I kind of really love Dan what Daniel Craig did with James Bond. That's the right I, answer. I, he's yeah, he's I, incredible. <laughs> I think that's the right answer. Okay, we're on the same page. Yeah, he's he's incredible. He's done an incredible. I'm really sad that he's moving on. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. Good. I've really enjoyed what they've done with the movies over the past few years. Yep. I, I'm. Yeah. I'm glad you. Yeah. Sean Connery, iconic and all that, but I, I think Daniel Craig in that role has been amazing. So, mm -hmm. tangent over. Um, <laughs> it's been really interesting in you know this blister cinematic project is still quite new but we've already revisited you know two comedy heavy ski films of the past right cody and i did nar together and then we actually just a couple of days ago recorded yearbook which will come out i think a week after this our conversation airs and it's been fascinating to go back into these films you know NAR came out in 2011. Yearbook comes out in 2004. And something that is becoming pretty apparent already is how our tastes and what's kind of societally acceptable, how this stuff changes. And there are definitely moments in NAR and a couple in Yearbook for sure where we're like, oh, wow, watching this from our perspective in, you know, 2023, you're like, oh, that maybe doesn't age super well. And mm -hmm. this is a long run up to my question. I, I wanted to ask you about what it's like to have made a comedy in 2023 when it does seem like perhaps more than ever. In some ways, it's for very good reasons, great reasons. In some ways, I think it can get pretty problematic. People can maybe be quicker than ever to start claiming, hey, um, that's inappropriate, you just triggered me, you know, on and on and on. I find that distasteful. Well, that's pretty hard when inherent to a comedy, you are pushing boundaries and you are making fun. So was this an element as you were trying to be both funny and or maybe not try to get everybody mad at you <laughs> at the same time? I don't, that really didn't enter our, our thoughts too much. Um, maybe there's more wiggle room when you're a mom or excuse me, not a mom, just a female. Of course, when we very first announced our um, movie on social media that we were filming, we when last winter and we had just started filming and to just kind of start generating that initial buzz about what we're trying to mm -hmm. do. 
and gained some traction, there were a few women that responded that that was so over the top of like we were promoting some fake um society societal things that women can't live up to you know of like being a professional uh, skier uh. and still being a mom and doing it all and all this stuff and what it took and it was just like oh my god goodness you haven't even seen you it. haven't even seen the movie yet yeah. like we literally just put out um, a what a 30 second clip of us skiing together and saying that we've got a project in the works you know and what people just immediately jumped onto it was kind of crazy um and you know it can be a little take you aback a little bit but there's one thing i've learned in over my time of being a professional athlete that you have an image that is put out in the public that you kind of have to grow tough tough skin mm -hmm. thick skin um, you can't just, there's going to be a lot of the negative comments out there. It's just, especially in this day and age, it's really easy for people to have to do that. Would they say that to your face? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have the guts to, and also realize that that would be like pretty inappropriate, or at least the way they say things. Um, so people can put it out there because they don't have, it, it's kind of a chicken shit way to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah i mean the, i i can see how people could immediately jump to ideas um as if we were writing off people's struggles to come back from pregnancy mm -hmm. and what the expectation expectation should be of women but i think sometimes people also forget that one skiing is our job like we were preparing ourselves going into pregnancy coming out of pregnancy with the idea that like we're going to try and make this work as much as we can because this is our job this is what we love to do and we're going to continue doing it second off i had my own struggles and i did share a little bit of that on my social media um so i'm very aware of that but but for people to just jump to conclusions of what we should be setting the standard on is a little bit um sometimes i think it would just be a, a, someone not really thinking outside of their immediate what's in front of them you know yep. projecting a little too much so but i think now that the movie's out and being seen we i don't we haven't really had any negative feedback in that way mm -hmm. luckily i mean but i don't think that we we are doing anything too wrong will it stand the test of time i don't know i know i keep thinking about that i think it is going to serve as an excellent kind of zeitgeist piece and I again, I, I I never really thought this way until we started this whole blister cinematic project. But as we've been going back and and revisiting, and we've also talked about, you know, part of the reason for starting this is because we do want to shine a light and bring attention to, um, you know, it is it's so fun to go back and revisit revisit films of the past, but we also want to be shining a light on the new stuff coming out. Um, so much, I hate this word, but so much content is available to people these days. I think finding yeah. certain films and certain projects that we think are really worth people's time and attention, that's a, that's a service we can kind of provide. But, but I'm now thinking about when I was watching your film, like it will be super fun to revisit this 20 years from now and see, as you just said, how did this hold up? Because I think it yeah. definitely captured this moment in time and some of the challenges yes. and questions and topics that uh, are very much of the moment. And who knows uh, how we'll go back 20 years from now and, and view this. I, I think it will. It's a good time capsule movie because it is such a current uh there's some current topics especially yeah. like we already discussed that the social media stuff yeah. we really um ran with that for part of the plot line right and um that will definitely be different five years from now of of what how i will i would imagine anyways because because how quickly social media has changed in general mm -hmm. um i i think it's only fair to think that it would evolve in such a different way and transform um i mean think that back on like 10 years ago myspace actually was a thing and i'm just guessing about 10 years ago but, <laughs> something like 10 you know, years ago ish. and it seemed and it was such a big deal yeah. and it just totally ran its course really fast yeah. um but you know so it's constantly evolving i think so maybe it's just a good 
um, mark of our period. And yeah. um, but hopefully, what I would like to think what maybe would make it a classic though is maybe hopefully we could still find the jokes funny. You know, yes. like that that you, we could still laugh at some of what was going on. Well, and I definitely think um, if I had to make a prediction, twenty years from now influencer culture is not going to have completely vanished. Uh, I also imagine there <laughs> will still be, I think there will still be mothers, you know, in 20 years. And as you talked about the kind of competitiveness that can come up between moms and, and friends, right? That's a whole nother thing. Like just at the level of friends who kind of work in a similar space and, you know, wanting to root for your friends, but sometimes also finding yourself in competition with friends. There's a lot of things that I think are going to be rather timeless uh, that you you touch on in this. So I, I'm, I, uh, I'm still very curious to see what it would be like to revisit in 20 years, but um, it'll be an interesting mix of the timeless versus, and then the like, what are they even talking about, right? Maybe, maybe we will have mm-hmm. moved on in certain ways. I, I don't know. Um, I want to ask you about a couple specific things in the film. One really important question. There's a scene involving a diaper and a diaper to the <laughs> face. And it's yeah. super gross. And I want to know yeah. what was used in that diaper. Did it seem real? Yeah, it was way too real. <laughs> I, and I was like, I was... Oh, I was not. Yeah, that, I was super grossed out. I think that was the yeah, point. So yeah, I guess well good. done. But yep. dear lord. Yep. Yep. Um, movie making, man. Movie making magic. Uh, that was peanut butter. So I thought. Yeah. That's what I was praying. Yeah. I just, just tell yourself. Just yeah. tell yourself it's peanut yeah. butter. Tell yourself it's peanut butter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And the breast milk <laughs> to the face too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If, pe- if people yeah. haven't seen the film, breast milk to the face. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually had a listener write me and say that I had to ask you about this. There's a moment in the film, and now I'm quoting uh, the person who wrote me. There is someone playing a haggard, sketchy babysitter. Yes. Was it Cody? No. Doesn't look like Cody. <laughs> no, doesn't. <laughs> But I just thought we, we, I wanted to just get a bit more of that backstory. Yes. Um, no, that's our, that was our photographer, Jim, Jim, Jeff Cricko. Okay. The infamous photographer, Jeff Cricko. And it's so funny because, um, you know, it, it took like a good week at least of Gendel and Jono, um, convincing Cricko that he was going to do this. And, and, you know, of course, like, Krico has two kids of his own and he didn't want to play the role of being some like creepy babysitter, but Gendel and Jono just have a way with things and they're just so funny hmm. and they just, uh, you know, it's, they kind of wear you down and convince you that you got to do this, um, which is awesome. I mean, that's that, that scene that you were talking about too, uh, just now in the fight scene, like w- when it got first brought up um, at the beginning of our production, and they had that idea. I I remember just being like, I don't know about that. That's a fight scene. You know, it's taken it pretty far. Um, but by the end of our journey of making this movie, it was like, yep, we're doing a fight scene. <laughs> so it's a hell of a fight scene. And jumping back for a minute, the the babysitter scene was actually one of my favorite scenes, mostly because yeah. of the decisions by the mothers uh you and jackie <laughs> sizing up the situation uh and then what you decided to do uh i actually laughed quite a bit at that um that was pretty great uh and i, I yeah and i approved of your i approved of the decision um cuz you know i don't have children so uh, i think you made <laughs> i think you made the right call no, the babysitters, the babysitter scene's great. I think it was really fun to get Crickle all dressed up like that. And uh, yeah, just throw that in there. I, I mean, it, yeah, it made for a good moment in the movie. So that's what the movie is. It's just constant, funny, good moments, right? Did you end up 
with your own personal favorite scene, either because of behind the scenes reasons or just it it happened to hit mm-hmm. for you? I think my most favorite part is the Switzerland segment. Yeah. Um, and there that has some personal stuff too. It was just really fun to take a trip to Switzerland and on the behind the scenes side of it all, um, we had some momentous birthdays while we were there. Cody's 40th birthday happened mm-hmm. while we were there. Tor's first birthday happened while we were there. And then Gendel, his daughter, um, turned one. His wife and daughter showed up for her birthday, too. Um, so there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that just made it, like, pretty fun for us to all be there together. And um, There was a lot of stuff going on. There's some good... I mean, I'll just jump into a story. Um, you know, the behind... In a way, with this movie, so the... There literally should have been now. Now I can see this, you know, um, post, um, but we should have had us being filmed behind the scenes the whole time, too, because what it took to film a movie like this with children in tow, Uh it is exponentially harder, but it's not even that it's just harder. It's because of what ensues, like what happens. So so when you decide to take a trip to um, Europe and to a much different time zone and you're going to deal with jet lag and all that like that's not fun with kids it's not like and we touch on that in the movie but in real life too it truly is like it's got to be worth it if you're going to do that um so when we get to switzerland indy has jet lag um of course like and the problem with them is like you can't tell them how to deal with it like like well you know let you just try and sleep you they don't know what's going on. They're up in the middle of the night. They're super tired. Um, and what happened was when we got there, one of the sponsors of our movie was My Switzerland. And part of what we had to do was do some filming around Lucerne. And when we got there and we immediately jumped into the day one, like going out and filming with them. And we were out on this ex- just ex- extravagant whole tour guide city thing. And it was really nice but when you're doing it with one-year-olds who both have jet lag, Tor did too because he had just been in the States. I mean, maybe he'd been back in Europe for about a week, but but still, you, it's hard to just immediately have babies adapt. Um, and we're out in the cold and all this and that. And Indy ended up, it was like his straw that broke the camel's back and he got sick um, by day two. And so we get to Andermont, um, but he's not really quite sick yet. And we... We have daycare lined up and I think it's literally the first day of daycare. We take Indian tour to daycare and, and um, we're up on the mountain. It's in the afternoon and I get a call from the daycare. Indy has a fever of, you know, of over a hundred degrees. Can you please come get him? It's like, oh no. Oh God. Okay. So we go and we get him, And then Indy proceeds to like, you know, he's vomiting in the middle of the night and um, and whatnot, and he's got a fever, but his sickness passes pretty quickly. Well, also when we get there, the, the conditions aren't super great snow-wise yet, so we're not really trying to film on hill. We're just trying to get other bearings going and other film things happening, etc. So not the biggest deal that we have to stay home with Indy. Well, then, of course... We're staying in the same condo as Reina, Jackie, and Tor, and Tor then gets sick from Indy. Um, and now we're getting later in the week, and we're approaching good snow conditions, and we're gonna we're gonna go into the weekend, but we don't have daycare on the weekends. Well, we found one of the women at the daycare is like, "Yes, we'll babysit your kids on Saturday because it's you know really good conditions. You need to go film." Well, what happened was Tor was still so sick that we couldn't have the babysitter come over to watch Indy because then she would be exposed and, you know, her work, that's a big deal. And so she couldn't watch Indy. Tor would have to be in the same spot. So Cody couldn't come out and film. So like Reina was going to stay home with Tor, but then Cody couldn't come either because we couldn't have a babysitter. Meanwhile, we've got a week straight of like, kind of taking turns of hearing the other couple with their child being up in the middle of the night, you know, vomiting, diarrhea, even though Indy was like better, he didn't have um, a fever anymore. He was still just kind of randomly vomiting in the middle of the night, every night. 
Tor had a fever so bad that lasted for multiple days that there wasn't really a, um, I think it maybe it was, maybe it was over that weekend time, the hospital, the small hospital in town wasn't open. So they were driving him, you know, two hours away in the middle of the night to try and get care for him. Meanwhile, like we still have to wake up in the morning and film. Yeah. Like it's just, this just the way it is. We, this is, that's, it's a work trip. You, 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 you gotta make it work. But in that case, you know, Reina was staying home on a couple of those days and um, was literally holding the kid while we, you know, taking turns while uh, Jackie took precedent of needing to get out and film. So, yeah, we had our share of like, uh, it was kind of madhouse in the behind the scenes. Um, so, so funny. We started off by talking about this by me saying Switzerland was my most favorite segment. And yeah, part of it had to do you- with the like funness of being over there. And then I have this story but it's funny because i don't look back on that like horribly and like oh my god it was so bad i still look back on it like with this romantic idea of going to switzerland and like it was snowing when we were there the conditions were were horrible in europe last year yeah um and and it it was kind of rough in that way too but besides that point as well it was still like it was awesome and 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 and, i don't know it was a great time and and i look back on it fondly (laughs) it's just now it yeah. Nowadays, though, when you have kids involved, it's yeah. kind of like you just you just those are the punches that you roll with. Yeah. And it really you can't let it affect the like outcome of your trip. Um, yeah. That's just it's it's just stuff to laugh at. Um, but it would have made for good footage, um, <laughs> behind I the guess, scenes. for the movie yeah. behind the scenes. Um, yeah, we definitely glossed over all that. It's a good reminder that you weren't working with child actors. You're like, nope, these are our kids <laughs> and they are sick now. Yep. And we have to manage that mm-hmm. and everything else. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a real roller coaster of a story you just took us on. <laughs> You're like, Switzerland, <laughs> yeah. that was my favorite. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Uh, but you, yeah. you okay. Well, I have a similar story for Alaska too with baby stuff as well. Um, you know, it, it is still never ending though when you have kids and in the mix. And, um, uh, you're not just worried about yourself anymore. So we go to Alaska. It like, I don't know. I, I don't even know if we have a, almost a week in between Switzerland and Alaska, but, um, we're, we're heading to Alaska and I'm taking this trip. Cody is no longer, uh, with Indy and I, so I'm rolling solo, traveling solo. And, and, and as we kind of show in the movie, it's a lot when you're trying to travel with all your regular ski gear, your gear, and then baby gear. Well, we get on our flight to Alaska and the first leg is Reno to Seattle and we land in Seattle and like flying these days, if anyone's done any flying lately, you know, you get stuck on the tarmac. Like it's just inevitable whether you're coming or going. Well, we land on the tarmac, we get stuck because there's a plane in the gate and Indy vomits all over. He still has this vomiting thing going on, but like he has no other symptoms Um, and he vomits all over. And I'm just in there going like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And because we're stuck on the tarmac, you're not allowed to get up and out of your seat. You can't do anything. You can't get the stewardess to get you some some wipes or some napkins like I'm just oh, my goodness. So one good thing that I had done, though, was I had his baby bag under the seat and not overhead. Um, and I had a change of clothes in there and I had baby wipes. So it's like immediately you spring to action. Okay, I'm, you know, clean that up, change out of him. But meanwhile, there's still puke everywhere. I can't wipe it up. And oh. we're sitting there for another good 10, 15 minutes at least on the tarmac, just waiting. And it's so funny, there's a man sitting next to us and he was like, he was pretending like nothing literally happened. He didn't even look over. He was, it was so bizarre. Like, it's not even that I'm seeking like help or anything. Got this. I don't know what this guy's going to do anyway, but, but he was literally pretending nothing was happening. The woman across the aisle was looking over at me being like, oh my God, ah, what can I do to help? I'm like, there's nothing. Don't worry. You know, whatever. Okay. So we get off, we, we get off the plane and then we make it the rest of the way. Um, no more puke incidents. Um, but that was an interesting one. So, but it was very foreboding. It was foreboding. Oh, wow. <laughs> we arrive, we, we've got one day there that we arrive. And then the next day is going to be the first day 
that we have potential to get in the heli. Our trip is really short. It's 10 days long. Heli time, lining up good weather for Alaska is, it's like you have to take it when you've got it because it is so far and few between, you know? And um, we're prepping for that. Well, we, we, it's the first day there. We're getting stuff lined up. Andy and I go to bed at night. Um, and in the middle night, he starts puking again. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I get up and I, deal with that i change everything and i go back to bed and as i'm going back to bed i'm kind of like man i kind of got a rumble in my stomach this is kind of interesting and next thing i know about an hour later i'm waking up and i'm running to the bathroom and now i'm at my parents house so the bathroom i'm not in a hotel room so the bathroom's just not right there it's like you know running out into the hallway and around to the bathroom and um Next thing I know, I'm just, everything's exploding out the other end on me. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and um, I get back into bed and then Indy has another incident. Oh. And, um, and I'm just laying there like, oh my goodness. So, so then I proceed for the rest of the night to be running back and forth to the bathroom. Let's just say I go through multiple pairs of underwear because I'm not making it to the bathroom naturally in that case you just sleep next to the toilet but i can't because i've got to be in the bedroom because indy's sick and that's more important and i got to make sure he's doing okay so um the next morning i get up and it's blue and i know this and and um we weren't planning to fly the morning we're planning to go in the afternoon and luckily by that point my my butt is plugged up which is good but i feel like i feel horrible um actually go to get in the heli because this is just it's what you have to do you you, you just you gotta go you gotta you gotta take that those moments um the no matter how you feel you've got to be above it and uh, when we get out there must there must have been a god that looks out just for me and um we got in the heli and got out to the zone and it just totally socked in <laughs> so to your i gotta go home and I, I i didn't have to sleep so Anyways, it was all a continuation. Um, luckily, somehow I, I was able to get a handle on Indy and his vomiting in the middle of the night, too. Um, uh, that's a whole other story I don't need, need to go into. Um, but needless to say, it did all get taken care of. But um, yeah, it's, it's different once you have kids in the mix. <laughs> it's different once you have kids in the mix. I'm going to write that down. Make that note. Yeah. Just to yeah. Yeah, keep, keep that to mind. But and every parent will have these stories. It's yeah. like, it, it's, I'm not unique, but, but just to remind all the parents out there, don't worry. We all go through it. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a tour. We went from kind of comedy to horror film and now we're back. And, uh, dear yeah. Lord. But yeah, but, I think. But that, the thing is you laugh at that stuff. You have yeah. to. I mean, there's no other way but to yeah. like laugh at it. Like, oh my God. Um, where can people watch this film? So currently, this movie lives on Red Bull TV. Um, it's free for streaming. You do not have to pay for um, anything on Red Bull. You don't have to, to, to pay to use their app. Um, so just go look up here, Hold My Kid on Red Bull TV. Um, there's also links on my Instagram page and website. Um, and then once the new year hits, Outside Media will also have it on their channel. So you can find it. It will still live on Red Bull, but you can also find it on Outside TV as well um, on their streaming platform um, with all their great shows as well. So um, there's plenty of places to find it. That's cool. And it's free. That's yeah. cool. I'm excited. I'm hoping a lot of people have seen it already, but I'm, you know, I it's a film that I do hope that a lot of people ski and I do hope that it does sort of jump that track and get beyond because it is like if you if you are a skier you're going to like this film but I think for hopefully many of the reasons we've touched on in this conversation it's going to be a film that certainly would appeal to parents anywhere and uh you know even if they've never skied in their life uh they there will be a lot to relate to I think, uh, just making it all a go, you know, partner relationships, parents dealing with children, 
all the things we've kind of touched on. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's quite a film and hearing more of the backstory of what you kind of went through to get it done. I'm, I'm now shocked. You actually, I'm shocked there is a film to be honest. So good job. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it was, it's a fun one. And, and let's not forget too, there's still some really fun, great, fantastic skiing in it as well. You know, like, um, you know, there, there's, it's a whole other level of, uh, a different type of move ski movie as we know it, but, um, it's just entertaining. And that's what we look for in ski movies anyway. So, yeah, well, I was just having this conversation with Cody. We, in our, in our conversation about your book, we got talking about you, you two recently put out a little clip, like sort of a who did it better it was sort of your turn versus cody's and we talked about this for actually a bit i would actually be very interested to get your take on on that conversation but i i told him i was like (laughs) i'll take elisa's turn over yours cody and that that's actually true Uh, cody took it pretty well actually he he did (laughs) uh but uh so yeah he's very secure he's very secure it's good (laughs) And, and I think too, that like, if anything, he's probably just really proud that it's even a topic that, that he can, his wife would be competitive with him on making a good turn. Right. I mean, to me, it's, um, I honestly don't really have a a choice like, and also partially because with him, I've derived so much inspiration in skiing and, and how to, um, you know, be a powerful skier and maybe, my side is I'm just a little more dainty, so there's a little more whiteness to it, right? I don't know. But, I mean, I'm just kind of talking out of my butt right now. But <laughs> but I think that, like, like Cody's one of the most phenomenal pow skiers. If you're going out to make pow turns, especially, there's there's a lot of magic behind it um, in, for movies and photos. And people may not realize that, or maybe they do, but... You, I think people, if you, if you haven't really ever thought about it before, um, you just naturally think, oh, someone that's really short and tiny is going to be the, make the best power mm-hmm. turns because it's deeper for them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not necessarily the case. It actually, there's a lot of technique behind it and you actually have to have a lot of power to drive through your turns. Um, and, uh, he is top three in the world, best power skiers. Wow. Sure. Wow. At least Grant and Cody top three pow, ski- pow skiers or skiing pow for photos and or skiing pow for videos. Well, if he makes it look really good, it doesn't matter if it's for like he's okay. going to naturally do that anyway. Right? right. Like if you can make it look good for the movies and you can definitely make it yeah. look good in person. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So maybe I'll I'll take the the better turn and he can be the better pow skier. <laughs> Wow. um... I think that's very gracious of you. (laughs) I think that's very gracious of you. If I were you, I would have just been like, yeah, I'm so much better than that guy. (laughs) The end. Uh... (laughs) Well, listen, um, this has been fun to to talk about this flick of yours. And um, speaking of skiing together, well, one, we got to make a couple turns together at Taos a few years ago. And then I'm hoping... All the fingers are crossed that something doesn't come up, uh, but hopefully we get to do it again at the Blister Summit in February. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot going out. There's a lot going on in the Blister Summit. It's marked in my calendar, so I don't see why not unless it just goes just dry. <laughs> I think I'll still be there. Hey, guess what, Elise? You know what it's doing right now? You know, I know what it's doing you guys right have now? More, you have more snow than we've got, I know. It's snowing right now. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm happy to report that. So I'm actually really excited to come. I've never been to Crested Butte. Mm. So this will be there's and there's going to be a lot going on in the summit. Um, There may be some movie awards that might be fun. The first annual Blister Awards. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you'd announce that yet or not, but we um, have. So, yeah, that's going to be happening. That's right. I guess that's with the. Yeah. If the stars really align, we'll have the Blister Summit, and maybe there will be a bunch of POW, and then we can have a POW ski-off, you versus Cody, yep. and then we can get yep. the, you know, take this a step further, you know, to really see if you're right. Because I, I would still actually put my money on you. 
I'll take mm. your POW turns over his. So, but we, we might be able to sort this out directly in Crested Butte. Also, as I told you the other day, I think you guys should move to Crested Butte because apparently our internet is better than what you have in Tahoe. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty rough, but then if I move down there, then it'd be really hard to get to Niners games. It's true. It's very true. And Giants games and surfing. What do you and actually care case. more about? Be honest. The 49ers or pow skiing? You have to give up one. Well, <laughs> hmm. You never get to watch it's... a 49ers game again or attend one. Or you uh -huh. never ski pow again. Oh. I, I, it's so funny because people are like, oh my God, she's not just straight answering pow skiing. Like it's not like it's I, even a question. Yeah, it's a question for you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I just laugh because like, like, so Christmas day, I had this conversation with my brother just yesterday. Christmas day this year is a Niners game, which is, and they're playing, it's not just any Niners game. If they were playing, like, let's say Washington, which they do the week after, not as big of a deal. You can record that and come home and watch it later. But they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who game. is the other gauntlet mm -hmm. in the entire NFL. Could be, could be a Super Bowl preview, right? We're playing them on Christmas, but the game, especially in Alaska time, is at noon. And the resort... Mm. Uh, it, I don't know what it is this year, but a few years ago, they didn't open on Christmas until like noon or one o'clock, ah. which is game time. So Chris and I were, my brother, were debating like, what do you do if it's a powder day? Well, if it's just shit skiing, excuse my language, on Christmas day, even though like it's, you know, really fun to go skiing, like I wouldn't mind watching the Niners game. But if it's a good pow day, which it can be quite often... Oh, hell, I don't even, it's going to be th like, what are we doing, no, Cody? What are we doing? I, I Maybe know go the for answer like to this. a run, and then we go back and watch the game. You're not missing that game. You're not missing, no, that, not game. missing that game. No, see, okay. I'm not missing that game. Man. I do have, but that's also because I have, it's, it's more finite. I have a lot of, I guess I'm getting old enough where I've got a lot of powder days under my belt mm -hmm. that it has to be the kind of day where it's like, two feet just if it's a six inches you know and and that's someone i'm sure listening to this could be like really you, you know six inches isn't enough for you you're such a like what you're, a diva you yeah, know you're, but you're, you're, like, well, you're a powder I get it, diva but now. i but i'm desensitized you know um a little bit and it's it is what it is and it's early in the winter it's, it's early in the winter that's yeah. actually that's that's a great answer <laughs> but Back to the whole, what you could have gone with is, you know, you know what's really great to ski? Chalk. Corn. Like, pow does not, pow's not necessarily the end-all be-all, right? Like, crisp, clean yeah. groomers. Chalk. Corn. There's lots of fun snow types out there. Chop. So, you know, you could have gone with that and given up your powder, saved your 49ers, and then just been an advocate yeah. for all these other great types of snow. Just saying, you could you can yeah. ponder that. Well, I guess okay, but it, but I guess here's here's actually I'll throw it back at you. How much snow does it take to be considered a pow day? Oh well, you just answered that question. Apparently, two feet. <laughs> right. So if that's the case, well, here, God, that still makes it hard because those days, especially when you, um, I've lived my whole life in a coastal snowpack. Yeah. Two foot pow day is doesn't necessarily mean you're skiing two feet of snow right, right? right so those days are actually pretty few and far between that being said i would take six inches four inches of really good powder on like um really stable conditions and it's not ice underneath yeah. any day over a two foot powder day you know like like that's really like what when you're big mountain skiing that those are the best conditions possible um and they're the most fun the rip, most rippable yeah ski yeah. fast hit airs stomp yeah that's <laughs> the best condition so those days are really far and few between too actually and i spend my whole life and my job revolves around it and those days are few and far between yeah 
I love that you just took like 10 minutes to answer that question and didn't really actually <laughs> answer it. So, wow. Amazing. Um, the 49ers should just be thrilled to know that they have such a hardcore fan in you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good, good for them. Yeah. And, uh, I know. I wish, I wish we could get them to go skiing. The 40 different 49ers awesome. players. Like once, yeah, once it's done. You know, like, um, I know that Tom Brady goes to, um, the Yellowstone Club. Yep. And and there's been type Cody and I've and it's like in in years past too like they've won the Super Bowl and then he's gone to the Yellowstone Club and I'm like oh my god if there's a way to figure out how to be there at the same time <laughs> it would be amazing so I got to get some other Niners on board but you know those guys sign sign contracts in general that are like yeah. you're not allowed to do extreme risk taking sports and skiing even though it can be quite mellow is considered that yeah. so. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I got to get some connections. <laughs> Elise, always fun to talk. Um, congratulations on the film. Look forward to seeing you in February. Man, that's going to be coming up fast. And I, yep. can't, I can't wait for Here, Hold My Kid Part 2, where I'm just going to be like a janitor. Like I'll have like a mop. I'll be sweeping a floor in the background get my like three second cameo in and, and, uh, yep. you know, so, so pencil that into the script. Perfect. Okay. All right. We'll do. Yeah. I mean, we always need extras. So that's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help. Um, Hey, I'll let okay. you get back to your day, but thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure getting to chat with you. All right. Take care. All right, folks, that's a wrap. And next week on blister cinematic, Cody Townsend and I, are discussing the incredible film Yearbook. That's the matchstick film from 2004. Yearbook, go watch it, or I should say go re-watch it, and you are going to see why we think it is a Pantheon film. So that's what we've got for you next week. And other than that, I want to say thanks to Elise for the great conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. All right, everybody, have a great week, and we will talk to you again real soon.